Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Good evening, everybody. You are now listening to WLS, the voice of Prairie Farmer, America's oldest farm paper, Chicago. The Johnson Wax Program. everyone. The makers of Johnson's Wax present another gay and gleeful good time gathering with Rico Martelli's orchestra and starring Marion and Jim as those two travel-torn, truth-tripping titans, Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> Martelli starts it off with, I can't give you anything but love. Give it, Rico. Before we join the meandering McGee's tonight, and while we're still serious, let me just tell you how you can keep your house looking more attractive and clean by taking three shortcuts in your housework. Here are the three shortcuts. Wax your floors, wax your furniture, and wax your woodwork with genuine Johnson's Wax. Almost all persons who keep house have the continual problem of fighting dust. Dust, 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 all the time. Now, if you protect your furniture, woodwork, and floors with a gleaming coat of Johnson's Wax, you'll cut your dusting just in half. For scientific tests prove that only one half as much dust clings to a Johnson wax surface as on an unwaxed surface. Insist on having the original and genuine Johnson's wax in the attractive yellow cap. There is unwanted activity at the McGee residence at 79 Wistful Vista today. After flopping dismally on several jobs, Fibber has found an ad for an out-of-town job. He's going to apply for it in person. The faithful Molly is going along, too, naturally. Here they are, packing up for the trip. How many shirts you think I'll need, Molly? I don't know, McGee. Better take both of them. <laughs> See, now. Toothpaste. Handkerchief. That might catch cold. Socks. 
quite a start. <laughs> oh, I had a rabbit. His name was Bozo. Could hold mighty still except for his nose. Oh, with a high yippee yippee and a zazoo Razor. Hairbrush. Heavenly days, McGee. Hurry up. We'll never catch the train this way. And if we never did, I'd think it was a good idea. Oh, shucks, Molly. Don't be like that. This trip's going to be the turning point in our lives. Turning point is right. We'll turn around and come back. <laughs> no, sir. I'm just a fella for that job, Molly. Why, when they hear what a... Let's see the advertisement again. Here you are. Wanted. Smart, adaptable young man of good appearance for contact work and furniture trade. Excellent salary. Apply in person on or before February the 10th to the Whittle and Sawdust Furniture Company, Grand Rapids, Michigan. See, Molly? That's me to a T. Smart, adoptable. Yeah, but you ain't so young, McGee. Huh? Oh, uh, <laughs> that just means young looking, Molly. <laughs> Chucks, I got more get up and gallop than most of these young whippers. Oh, now I wonder who that is at the door. Hurry up with your packing, McGee, whilst I see who it is. Okay. I wonder if I put in my necktie. 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 I took it as my dad read necktie. Necktie. Oh. Yes, I got it on. Come right in here, dear. McGee's just packing up for a little trip. Who is it, Molly? Is it? Oh, hello there, Geraldine. Oh, hello, Mr. McGee. Well, how are you? I just came over to buy Molly's hot water bag. It's oh. for Gerald. Oh. He isn't feeling well. well. <laughs> Seeing you climbing over those suitcases reminded me of him. Uh, He's uh, just getting over the grip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was Martelli and his men playing Life Begins When You're in Love. And here are Fibber and Molly at the station of the NBNC Railroad, buying their tickets to Grand Rapids. Two in car 79. Second car ahead. Ticket, please. Oh, Up you go, Molly. Up you go. Well, here we are, McGee. Car 79, and we're in number 12 seat. Oh, shucks, Molly. We just made it in time. Number 12, huh? Oh, here we are. Hey, buddy, get your feet off in the seat. We want to sit down. Well, heavenly days. It's Dixie Poplar. Oh, hello there, Nick. Hello there, Peter. Hello, Cupid. <laughs> you coming for to be traveling on a Pullman car sleeper, eh? Well, McGee's getting himself a job in Grand Rapids, Mr. DePopper. Yep. Furniture man, Nick. Furniture man. That's a very fine business, I'm thinking. Next to restaurant business, furniture is very fine business to have something to do with, if you think I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. They want a snappy young fella like me to contact the trade, Nick. Oh, dear. Uh, What experiences are you for to having in a furniture business, Peter? Who, me? <laughs> Why, shucks, Nicky, my boy. Into the whole dad ratted furniture business. I used to be one of the outstanding figures. Hmm, uh, standing outside, eh? Uh, <laughs> when was uh, Fizzer forced to having these fine experiments with the furniture business? Well, don't be asking me, Mr. <laughs> I don't think I ever told you about it, Molly. No. <laughs> that was when I was in Jamestown, New York, way back in 1904. Or was it? No, it was 1905. Oh. Or was it 1903? Now, come to think of it, it was back in 1898. Or 99. When finally you are settling on some nice dates, it will be happy New Year, I'm thinking, the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> Plain enough. Well, anyway, it was about that time. Well, it's about time you was getting to the point, Mrs. Don't crowd me, Molly. As I was saying, Nick, I was well-known in the furniture trade in them days. <laughs> Probably as a trier-outer of easy chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Overstuffed McGee, they called me in them days. And I was a lot heavier then. Overstuffed McGee, the fellow with the flashy finesse for family pads and fine fall panties in the February furniture festival. <laughs> uh, that's a very fine slocum I'm having, no doubt, Liz. Uh, but uh, how could you for forgetting all these titles on one little business card, Squeezy? <laughs> oh, I, I never used that name on the McCarthy, Nick. <laughs> That would have been kind of bragging. Oh, dear. Just a shrink in violets. <laughs> well, it's a very fine business to have shrimp in violets like Fizzer, Cupie. Uh, he's always forced to telling you he's hot stuff, but everybody should be taking it with a dose of salt to grab me. <laughs> oh, look, look, McGee. There's a man walking the ties out there. Oh, yeah. He's a track walker, Molly. Did you say wax talker? Oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox. <laughs> Hi there. Boy. How are you? <laughs> what you doing on this train, Harpo? Oh, I'm a traveling man now. Take a little trip up there. See you later, yeah, Harpo. Yeah. <laughs> Say, Nick, huh? I ever tell you about Carl, the clever chameleon? You mean a radio chameleon? 
No. <laughs> chameleon. Chameleon, you know. Kind of a little lizard. Oh, sure. The uncle was caught in one. In one what? The lizard. <laughs> Chuck, if you ain't going to let me tell it. Oh, go on, Mickey. We're all ears. Sure. Uh-huh. Well, sure, this here chameleon of mine, Carl, his name was, he was one of the fastest color changers of his kind. Put him onto an oriental rug, and in ten seconds, you wouldn't be able to see him. I see. He'd crawl underneath it. Yes, he'd crawl underneath it. No! <laughs> he'd change color to match the rug. For greatest sake, this gizzard with changing colors is all Greek for me. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, Nick. No leaping lizard. One day, I was kind of experimenting around with Carl, putting him onto a newspaper to see him turn black and white, and putting him onto some fancy wallpaper and then trying him on an old striped necktie. How'd he do, McGee? How'd he do, Molly? No. <laughs> How did he do? Who do? Who's a who do? Excuse me, please. This is where I came in. <laughs> well, sir, this was one of the finest hunting dogs I ever had. Hunting dogs? Why, you were talking about Carl the Chameleon. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, sir, all of a sudden I got an idea. And I tried it out. It worked. <laughs> And I've never been so sorry into my whole life. Poor old Carl. Faithful little fella, too. What's, what's happening to Carl, Peter? <laughs> I'll show you what happened. Come here, Carl. Come out and meet the folks. McGee, don't you tell me you're carrying a lizard around in your coat pocket. Is he reaching in pockets for to perhaps get tired, or maybe he's wiping handkerchiefs for to wiping weeping? <laughs> Get nervous, Kyle. Easy now. Take it easy. Now, look, folks, when I open my hand. There. I don't see anything, McGee. Sure, I don't think so do I neither. <laughs> Chuck, of course you don't see nothing. Somebody put Carl onto the window pane one day, and since then you can see right through him. <laughs> Fibber and Molly's train speeds through the night to Grand Rapids, we're going to hear Rico Marcelli's special arrangement of the prize-winning song in our amateur songwriters contest. This song, written by Charlie Reber of Pittsburgh, is called The Old Kitchen Clock. We think it deserves to become a real song hit in the near future. This fine young tenor, Clark Dennis, sings it for us. The Old Kitchen Clock. <laughs> Oh, so real. 
a keen recollection of something I hear every day. And it's tick-tock, tick-tock ticking, just ticking away. Just an old kitchen clock, and it never seems to stop. It's a ticking winter, summer, spring, and fall. And when Grandma would bake, she would grime her bed and cake by the kitchen clock a-hanging on the wall. Though the years have rolled by and the old folks have gone, something keeps the chicken on and on. It's the old and it never seems to stop. Will it keep on running after I am Kelly will play a special arrangement of another beautiful song, which was entered in our amateur songwriters' contest. The song entitled Yours was written by Carlton Bates of Cambridge, Massachusetts. We think when you hear it, you'll agree that yours is a beautiful number. Now we turn our miracle microphone back to car 79 on the NBNC Railroad, where Fibber and Molly are getting ready to retire. What's the matter with that? Where are you sleeping, Nick? I'm forced to sleep over here in Opera's bed. And number 14. Is this what I'm thinking? <coughs> oh, <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> Excuse you, please, lady. Is your face red, I hope? <laughs> uh, this next one is number 14. You should be more careful, Miss Sleepopolis. You woke that lady up. Well... <laughs> She's unlucky for it to be in number 13. Pipe down over there. Heavenly James, let's go to bed. We're keeping everybody awake. Yeah. Well, uh, good night, people. Sweet dreaming. Good night, Mr. DePopper. Good night, Nick. Did you brush your teeth, McGee? <laughs> Only the lowers, Mark. <laughs> 
Go on, get in. Well, I... McGee, pull the curtains together. Oh, excuse me. Hey, where in do I hang my clothes? Well, there's a coat hanger hanging up there, eager it? Oh, I got it. Fellers posted to this nightshirt when he ain't got no more room. Oh. <laughs> you say something, McGee? That was just a rip, Molly. <laughs> R.I.P. Meaning rest in peace. Okay, Molly, move over. Heavenly days, I am over. You want me to hang out the window? <laughs> no, don't do that, Molly. They might hang the mailbag on you. <laughs> How can I get into bed? There ain't enough bed. <laughs> well, I told you to get another berth, didn't I? Chuck, they used to make them bigger than this. This here, Dad read it streamlining. Won't leave room for Hey, Pepper. Huh? Gotta get your feet out of the aisle. Water's liable to shine them. <laughs> you going to bed, Harpo? Yeah, guess I will. Got a big customer to see tomorrow. Oh, I see. Well, good night. Ah, good night. 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 Well, excuse me now while I climb up to my upper hey, berth here. Hey, you're stepping on my hand. Oh, I'm sorry, Pepper. I'm awfully sorry. Well, I'll see you in the morning. Okay. Now for a good respecting night. You scrunch over a mite more, Molly. No, I can't. You're just bulging the side of the car I am now. <laughs> Good night, Molly. Good night, McGee. Now, uh, 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 uh
right down here. You're disturbing the other passengers. There's nothing to be afraid of, dear. Remember, the angels are watching over you. Mama, Mama, can I come down there with you? Didn't Mother tell you the angels are watching over you? Now go to sleep. Hey, for the love of Mike, lady, will you keep that kid quiet? I better go over and stop him. He's having to strangle himself. Well, if he don't, I will. Happy. Happy this minute. That's telling the Mr. Depopolis. Atta boy, Nick. Who's doing the snoring? Myself, Caesar. Then who are you balling out? Also, I was balling myself out, stupid. But waking myself up. I'm madly in hate with me. <laughs> to buy Johnson's Wax in the larger size can.
Be with us again next Monday evening at this same time for some more merry and musical McGee misadventures. And in the meantime, remember that just as the best housekeepers use Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Glow Coat to keep their houses clean and shiny, so the most particular car owners keep their cars sparkling with Johnson's Auto Wax and Cleaner. This is that old rugged character, Harlow Wilcox, your wax minister, saying good night. The selection I can't give you anything but love is from the Blackbirds of 1928. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>